freeze frame. Hello everyone, welcome to the Wilkinson Butler Quick Take Podcast. I'm Liam Cox, joined by Peter Wilkinson. Today we are providing tips for when doing an interview. Between us, we've been interviewing people for 50 years. We enjoy doing it. We can be a little bit daunting when you're on the other side of it. Peter, you've devised a few basic strategies for, to help people when they're about to do an interview. Yes, and the first thing I'd say is this isn't about training people to lie. A con man will eventually shine through as a con man. What it does help people with is letting their authenticity shine through. Communication now is so complicated and so sophisticated and the bar is so high because there are so many people who are very good communicators. And the second thing I'd say is that interviewers might have done 1,000, 1,500 interviews and I've done zero, one, maybe 10, mm. unless you're a politician. And so the balance is way out and you will have one agenda and that's your audience. I will have another agenda and that's the audience I want to speak to, which may in fact be a fairly, fairly narrow band of shareholders and internal staff. And so your agenda is different to mine, so I've got to try and stay on my rail tracks while you try and take me down your rail tracks. So the first technique I would encourage is quite widely used and should be used by more politicians, and that is Q equals A plus M. Question, then answer, and then go to your message. You've got to answer the question. How frustrating is it when politicians and anybody else don't answer the it's awful. question? It's awful. Yeah. So you always answer the question, but then use that to go to the question, the answer that you want to give that you've already thought about. And you'll have two or three messages that you've really thought through that you've got to get across as themes in this interview. The second technique that I think is really handy for people who've had a lot of, who, who are, are, are really good communicators is answer, end your answer where you want the next question to begin. So if it's say about the weather, it was um, raining this morning, it was okay at lunchtime, but it was sunny this afternoon. The next question is going to be about sunshine, not about lunchtime and not about breakfast. So you're leading the interviewer exactly where you want to go. And it's keeping as much as you can a clever interview on, on a clever interviewer on your rail tracks, not that person's rail tracks. The, the third thing that's really handy is, is speak, don't, if we're speaking normally, we just chat like this. But what, what happens if you speak down is you lose voice control, is always speak up and out to the back of the room. So, and, and mainly a TV or radio interview will do this anyway. Um, as you know, the shock jocks will shout. Um, but what it, what, it, what it does is it gives you much greater flexibility in tonal quality um, uh, and uh, your ability to project your messages. And it helps with confidence. It shows that you're confident and you should be yep. confident going into an interview because you're being interviewed because you know your stuff. So it's another conversation. Be confident in yourself and be confident in your knowledge. Right, so there are a couple of techniques for that too because yes, you need to project confidence, but at the same time, I would hope that you're a little bit nervous. Mm. Um, only uh, it's, it's foolhardy not to have a sense of anticipation going into an interview um, because the, the stakes are so high. Um, two things. The first is, 
for a couple of minutes before the interview, go somewhere quiet, go to the bathroom and just say, I've got to get across these three messages. I've got to say them. I've got to keep repeating these themes. I've got to get these across regardless of the questions. I've got to get these themes across. All this preparation has gone into this interview. I've got to get them across. The second is, and this is very rarely used, but it's a wonderful little tip, is just before the interview say, where are we starting? Because you may be planning to start somewhere and I may be expecting you to start somewhere else. And if I stuff up my first answer, I'll spend the next two answers cursing and thinking about the stuff up. So I've lost the first two and a half, three minutes of the interview. And then you're gone. Yeah, it's you very need, hard to pick it up. I think you need to stay on your toes too. You need to expect the unexpected, particularly during a hostile interview. I know I used as a journalist the old rope-a-dope technique Muhammad Ali used that you'd start off soft, you'd ask a few easy questions, you'd get the talent nice and comfortable and then bang, you'd hit, hit them over the top with a hard question and they'd be left floundering. So you need to be nimble, keep your hands up, stay on your toes. You really need to expect the unexpected and stay, stay light on your feet. So, yes, yeah, so a couple of tricks there, a couple of tricks. The first is remember Q equals A plus M. So the question, you've got to answer the question, but go to your message. Now what that does, once you've got that nailed, and the, and the answer can be really quick, it can be just a yes or a no, or I, really, I can't really answer that, and then go to your, the, the things that you really need to speak to your audience about. Um, what that does is it means you don't have to spend all your time anticipating where the interview's going, because you really know you have a much greater confidence that you can answer any question. Um, um, bugger, I've forgotten the second one. What was the second one? Um, uh, shit, too early in the morning on a Friday. Was it about the authenticity? No, no. Um, oh, yes. The, 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 the second one is pause before you answer. A second and a half pause between us seems like ages to us. It doesn't seem like ages to the audience. John Howard used this very effectively. Um, he used to take his time, he'd listen patiently, say to Kerry O'Brien, who was trying his hardest to um, extract information out of him that he wasn't really wanting to give. John Howard used to sit there patiently, listen to an aggressive question, and then he'd think for a minute, or appear to think for a minute, and then in his own time, he'd answer the question. Um, that's a, so that pause where you think about what you're going to say is really valuable. The horrible temptation people have is to fill silence with babble. And it, it, it loses the audience, it confuses everybody, um, and, it, and, and it, it means there's a failure of your ability to get your message across. I think that's a really good point, being comfortable with the silence because a second and a half in your own head can feel like an eternity, but in reality it's not. Yeah. And this all revolves around the theme that you mentioned at the top, and that's being authentic. And that's what cuts through. So many politicians dodge and duck and weave, and it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like they're talking mm -hmm. to us. Bob Hawke was great. He felt, you felt like he was one of us. And he cut through because he had that authenticity. And that's essentially what you want in your communication. You want, you, you want to communicate who you are and be authentic about it.
Yeah, most people are honest and they just want to convey it. It's so hard. To, it's one thing to be honest. It's another thing to appear to be honest under the pressure of a spotlight. Absolutely. Mm. There you go. Okay, well, tune in for our next podcast because we're going to dive deeper into key messages. We'll see you next time.